This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting Uruguay, the second smallest country in South America with the world's longest national anthem, a free laptop for every kid and a rock star reputation for soccer. Quick, let's strap ourselves into the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner so that we can take off and take a squiz at Uruguay. Just the facts. Uruguay is a tiny country on the east coast of South America, with enormous Brazil to the north and Argentina to the west and south. Its name comes from the indigenous Guarani people's name for the river that forms its boundary with Argentina, the Uruguay River. About three and a half million people live in Uruguay, with 1.3 million calling the capital, Montevideo, home. Like most countries in South America, Uruguay was colonised by Spain. It was also ruled at different points by Portugal and Brazil, but it finally became independent on August 25, 1828. But it hadn't quite organised a national anthem. A poet named Francisco Esteban Acuña de Figueroa, I promise that name won't be on the squiz, offered to write one, and the government loved it. It originally had 11 verses, but many of them were a bit rude about Spain, Portugal and Brazil, so nowadays only the chorus and first verse are sung. Even so, it's still the longest national anthem music in the world. Wow! I've popped a link in your episode notes. Uruguay also leads the world in a couple of other ways. More than 98% of its electricity comes from renewable resources thanks to wind and hydropower, using the water flowing along the Uruguay River to generate electricity. Uruguay is also regarded as the most democratic country in South America and one of the continent's few high-income countries. Although my favourite story about Uruguayan income comes from the former president, José Murica, known as the world's most humble president. He refused to live in the president's mansion, choosing instead to stay with his wife on their farm, and he donated about 90% of his salary to charity. Wherever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's... Learn the lingo. Like 20 other countries in the world, Uruguay speaks Spanish. Although there's a strong Italian influence on the accent. A lot of people moved to Uruguay from Italy between 1870 and the 1960s. It's estimated that 45% of Uruguayans have Italian ancestry and 65% of people in the capital. We've learned Spanish before when we visited Argentina and Costa Rica. Do you remember how to say hello? That's right, it's hola. Now you spell it H-O-L-A, but the H in Spanish is silent. So if you're visiting Uruguay in summer and you need an ice cream, and let's face it, who doesn't need an ice cream every now and then in summer? then make sure you ask for helado, not helado, even though it starts with an H. Now, do you remember how to say thank you to the person who gives you that delicious ice cream? That's right, it's gracias. Now that we've covered the most important exchange you can have in any language, buying ice cream, it's... Time for school. Do you have a bring your own device policy at your school? 
Even if you don't write now, it's pretty likely that by the time you're in high school, you'll all be packing a laptop or a tablet into your backpack each day. I'm also going to guess that at most of your schools, it's the parents who are paying for those devices. Well, not in Uruguay. In 2009, it became the first country in the world to give a laptop to every school kid. Fast forward to 2022 and those laptops, which are replaced every few years, now have computer programming apps to teach kids coding and a program to help them learn English from teachers in Britain. Really? Cool, huh? And there's one other thing. How many kids are there in your class? Well, in Uruguay, the ratio of students to teachers is 14 to 1. A ratio means how many of one thing there is compared with the other thing. So for every teacher, there is a maximum of 14 students. That's one of the lowest ratios in the world, and it means that kids can get a lot more attention from their teacher. Hmm, free laptops, coding, foreign languages, lots of teacher attention? I'm sure you won't be surprised to hear that Uruguay students do pretty well at school. You know what else Uruguay does really well at? Soccer. I think it's... Sport time. Have you heard the expression per capita before? It's Latin and it literally means per head. It's a way of taking into account the number of people involved when you're comparing something else. So if you look at the country that has won the most men's international soccer championships of all time, it's far and away Brazil with 62. But Brazil has a population of 212 million people. Uruguay, on the other hand, has 20 international soccer titles, including two World Cups, with teams that are drawn from a population of just 3.5 million, meaning that its men's team has won the most international championships per capita in the world. I've put a link in your episode notes to a video that is basically a love letter to La Celeste, the name of the national team. Let me tell you, there is a lot of passion for La Celeste in Uruguay. So why does this country have such a rock star soccer team? Well, it's called El Proceso, Spanish for the process. Uruguay's clubs and coaches know that because it is a small country, their very best players will probably leave at some point to play for clubs overseas. So starting at a very young age, all players are coached using the same process. They all speak the same football language, they use the same tactics. So when they turn up back in Uruguay for a training camp, say before the World Cup or the Olympics, they all know what to expect. And in a sport where big personalities can make it hard for teammates to get along and work well together, El Proceso emphasises respect from an early age. When 13-year-olds report to training camps, they must not only treat their teammates with respect, but everyone around them. It's a rule that they have to greet and thank the people who take care of the grounds, the people who serve them food, the cleaners, everyone. Their coaches aren't just looking for players who are physically strong and talented at soccer. They're looking for athletes who will listen to and respect their coaches and use their brains along with their bodies. Hmm, food for thought. Speaking of food, I'm always starving after playing soccer. I think it might be... Dinner time. Remember how I said a lot of Italians had moved to Uruguay in the first half of the last century? Well, their influence is strong on the country's food. The 29th day of each month in Uruguay is officially called Dia de Gnocchis, or Gnocchi Day. 
This used to be the day before payday when people ran low on money. So the Italian pasta was the perfect filling meal as it's made from inexpensive ingredients like potatoes and flour. But the national dish of Uruguay is called chivito. It's an epic sandwich consisting of a thin slice of steak, mozzarella, tomatoes, mayonnaise, olives, bacon, eggs and ham served in a bun with hot chips on the side. Uh. A chivito is to Uruguayans what a hamburger is to Americans, so you will find them everywhere. And they're pretty easy to create in your own house too. I've put a recipe in your episode notes. And the fun part? You get to smash the steak flat before you cook it. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. What is the very important Spanish word for ice cream? That was a tricky one. It's helado. Don't pronounce the H. Question number two. Uruguay became the first country in the world to give every school kid what? Yeah, a laptop. And question number three. What do Uruguayans traditionally eat on the 29th of each month? And bonus points for explaining why. Give yourself one point if you said gnocchi. Give yourself another point if you said because there's a big Italian influence in Uruguay. And give yourself a third point if you said it's a cheap meal and the 29th was traditionally the day before people got paid. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to Uruguay. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. 